all one has to do if they really want to transform some things is focus all inward, allow that to be <laughs> the training ground, learn who you are, learn what you mean, <laughs> like literally. <laughs> yeah. And everything else, everything else begins to start to take care of itself, yeah. but it's a journey. And that's the cool thing about it is like the journey truly is the reward. You know, mm -hmm. if we were to level skip it all, we wouldn't stand in our why the way we stand in our why. Mm. We wouldn't have context the way that we have context. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't know that these tools work and these tools don't work, or this triggers me and this doesn't trigger me, or this is where I feel good and seen and safe and supported and this is where I don't. It's all part of the journey. Hello, my love, and welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. My name is Melissa Martin. I am a business and embodiment coach and creator of the Boldly Courageous community. Just like you, I've walked through some dark seasons in life and I know what it's like to start over again and write a new story. This podcast is here to activate you, to show you what's possible when you embody your power and walk with courage and fear in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Each week, you will hear authentic conversations with thought leaders and visionaries as we dive deep into topics such as spirituality, business, money, relationships, sexuality, and so much more so that you can fully embody your boldly courageous self. Are you ready? Let's drop in. Hey, real quick before we dive into the episode, I need to let you know about something really, really special to me. So if you're anything like me and you've had this calling on your heart to start a podcast, but you have no idea where to start, I want to introduce you to the incredible team that I have worked with literally from day one of launching Boldly Courageous over at Podcast & Co. They have just released a self-paced course called Launch Your Fucking Podcast. This program will literally take you through step-by-step -step of launching your podcast from start to finish. You will learn everything about how to create and find the foundation and mission of your podcast, how to come up with the perfect name, get super clear on your audience and the structure of your show. Also, you will learn how to record, how to produce, how to edit, and also hosting, music, creating the perfect cover and building a successful launch strategy. Basically, by the end of the program, you will have launched a podcast that feels authentic and expansive to you, labeling you as the expert that is ready to impact and grow your audience in whatever phase of life they may be at. So all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, use code boldly courageous at checkout, and you will get a hundred dollars off the launch your fucking podcast course. So now let's jump into the episode. Hello, my love, and welcome back to the boldly courageous podcast. As always, it is an honor that you are here with me today. And this conversation is so powerful. This is one that I truly feel like I have learned a lot from and really cracked my heart and my soul open. My guest today is Brandon Collinsworth. And Brandon is someone that I've been following on social media for quite some time, just watching him evolve on his own path and his own journey walking what he calls the warrior's path of choosing love and worthiness and really finding peace in the now. And Brandon is someone to me that truly exemplifies and embodies the work 
that he is doing in the world today. And he's also someone who speaks to my soul on a regular basis. Like, have you ever had those experiences where you might be like walking through something or feeling some kind of way and you open up your social media and you see like a quote or a post that speaks to your soul. That is Brandon for me. Every time I see his content, I feel it on such a deep level because it comes from such a beautiful place of truth. So if you are someone who has ever been or found yourself at a crossroads of like in the hustle for money and also dealing with burnout and misalignment, this episode will totally speak to your soul because Brandon shares what it looks like on his journey to sacrificing well-being in the name of money and the courage it takes to wash away from flashy deals and a cushy lifestyle to really get in alignment with your highest truth and with your alignment of love. We dive deep into this idea of being worthy from your achievements and being seen and being perfect versus really just allowing your creativity and your art to flow from a place of I am enough. So Brandon shares a lot of stories and tools and examples of what that looks like of worthiness based on truly who you are, not what you do. We dive deep into a conversation around self-mastery and leadership, the power of building your legacy um, from your true power, not from your wounds. And we talk so much about stepping into leadership, the difference between knowing and doing, and really what the evolution of the warrior is. So Brandon has a program that he has started called the warrior retreat, and it's based in Peru. And it's all about stepping out of the norm in your life to step into a power of leadership. So this is a blend of adventure and healing and hiking and food, um, indigenous rites of passage, giving back to local hospitals. So you're going to hear him share more about his warrior retreats and applications for the next round of warrior retreats are opening April 2nd, 2022. So all of that is linked here in the show notes. So my guest today is Brandon Collinsworth. And in 2002, Brandon was broke, homeless, and a high school dropout. Destined for either prison or death, Brandon instead made the powerful decision to change his life and also his heart. After creating Real Results Fitness, an award-winning chain of high-performance gyms in Las Vegas, becoming an internationally renowned performance coach endorsed by brand giants and receiving his master's in positive psychology from UPenn, Brandon walked away from all of it. And you're going to hear some of that in the episode today. From 2016 to 2020, Brandon lived in Peru, in Bali, Thailand, and India, where he dove deep into the study of yoga, indigenous plant medicine, austero Thai massage, and Muay Thai kickboxing. In 2018, he was chosen by the Indian government as the U.S. ambassador of yoga, spending 10 days in Kerala, India, learning about yoga and its origins. And in 2019, Brandon collaborated with Nike to launch Nike Yoga, Nike's first yoga-inspired performance apparel. He's also co-created the first comprehensive yoga program on the Nike Training Club app. Inspired by his travels, Brandon became fiercely passionate about humanitarian work and giving back to the places that gave him so much. In 2017, he launched Warrior Retreats, a 16-day physical and spiritual rite of passage for leaders in Peru. 
He also works as the global director for the Tropical Pathology and Infectious Disease Association, a humanitarian nonprofit based in Peru that helps minority students get into medical school. In 2020, Brandon became one of the founding experts of Mind, which is the first digital emotional platform that is rooted in amplifying emotional well-being and human pathos. Brandon is committed to creating a global movement for love built upon his own training, fundamentals of mindset, movement, meditation, and mastery. This episode is nothing short of magic. Let's dive into my conversation with Brandon. Brandon Collinsworth, the man, the myth. I'm so excited for you to be here. I know we've been trying to nail down a time for this for for quite some time. I'm grateful for you being here. And I know this conversation is going to open up so many people to your magic and your gifts. And something that I love and appreciate about you is your willingness to show the messy side of leadership. You know, people heard in the intro, your bio, and it is stacked, like it is stacked. And I, and people might look at that and look at you and what you've accomplished and think, oh, you know, good for him. But you always show the other side of that. You always show the mess and that's part of your message. And it's something that I think more leaders need to do, right? You still mm-hmm. anchor back into where you've been, not necessarily where you are now and where you're going. And so that's just something that I greatly appreciate about you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on your show finally. And I share the same sentiment with everything that you put out. Thank you for being so authentic. Thank you for being so relatable. Thank you for being so real. As Lauren Hill said, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what people need. And I think that true leadership is only sustainable when it is rooted in the real. The real, real. The real, real. (laughs) So let's get real. So I I open up the podcast. I ask everyone the same question. And that is, what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? Great question. I I walked away from a six-figure contract in Las Vegas to move down to Tulum, Mexico to explore love with a longtime Venezuelan lover. And that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> that is bold. <laughs> <laughs> that is bold. Wow. So you chose love over money. Yes. 100%. Always. I love, that. I love yeah. that. And so a lot of people would probably hear that and think that that's crazy, right? Because mm-hmm. especially if we're going to talk men versus women, Mm-hmm. I'm generalizing, right? A lot of men are rational thinkers. Women are emotional thinkers. So what was the process that you had to go to go through to kind of walk through that decision? Because I know a little bit of your story um, and you've been there, done that, had it all, lost it all, had it all, lost it all multiple mm-hmm. times. And so money is something that I know you've shared a couple of times that is a process for you that you've worked through. So how did you come to that decision? Yeah, you know, I came back in 2020 from living abroad for four years. And prior to that, I walked away from my gyms in Las Vegas to go and study yoga, to go and travel the world, to go and expand who I was as a man. And in that process, I grew a lot, but I also it was the first time that I did lose everything in the process. And that inevitably brought me back to Vegas and back to where it all started. And I'm sure we'll dive into that. But last year, 2020, you know, I worked my ass off and I positioned myself, aligned myself in so many spaces. And all of a sudden the money started flowing again. 
but I felt my purpose, my health, my, my power, my vibration starting to get affected. And mm. come March, 2021, 20, I was at this just juncture again, where it was like, I'm losing myself to the, the to the grind again. Mm. This is why I left in the first place in 2016. Yeah. And I was like, and I was talking to my buddy, Charlie, I don't know if you've seen some of his stuff on Instagram, but he's on a dream tour across America right now. He's at Charlie's incredible, but he, we always talk about Peter Pan and the Peter Pan magic. And mm-hmm. I felt like my magic was starting to die. I felt like the colors of my everyday life were starting to become more gray. And I knew I needed to take a leap and, you know, it always comes in different shapes, different forms, but it's like God's test to say, you really about this life? Here is all the comforts you need to go ahead and just chill. And when I'm talking about chill, like I was set up, but it wasn't in alignment with my highest truth. It wasn't alignment with my growth. It wasn't alignment with me trying to be an author and step into my, 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 a deeper level of my power. And it wasn't in alignment with love. And so I took the leap and as always, the universe somehow knows how to provide exactly what is supposed to be provided. And a lot of the gifts that it has are not unveiled until one takes the leap. Exactly. So because I have uh, done that many times, it wasn't as when like I speak to people about it, they're like, bro, you're crazy. But when one really understands money is just energy. And when mm-hmm. we're in alignment with our purpose, we're going to be provided with everything we need to continue that purpose, it just takes on a different hue. So it was also proof in the pudding. I can't sit here and tell everybody, follow your dreams, follow your goals, be in self-love, go for it, be courageous, and then sit back in a prison of dough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like that was a pattern interrupt? Because it sounds like just from your story of like, you know, from the hood, you know, in Vegas to um, Ivy League school and Mm. the number one, you know, uh, mind-body trainer, in the world or in the country and like having it all, losing it all, like it's like a cycle, right? You've kind of been through this pattern before. And I believe, you know, we've all been through stuff like that, right? And I think that um, lessons repeat themselves, right? If we don't learn it the first time, it's gonna come back around again until we pattern interrupt. So do you think that this time, like you hit that point, rock bottom, right? You built it all back up. You had these great opportunities. It wasn't in alignment. Do you feel like this decision was a pattern interrupt? Like something that, you hadn't done before yeah yeah i mean as always new levels new devils Mm -hmm. and i believe that you know when when one is on the path that we're on you're always acquiring new tools Mm -hmm. the only way to really test the magnitude and the power the potency of one's tools is to step into the dojo Mm -hmm. the only way to step into the dojo is to step into life So the pattern interrupt is saying, hey, I'm going to get out of the theories for a while and I'm going to really put this all to the test and see what it's all about. And because of the tools are cultivated year after year, month after month, day after day, the tools do become more sharp and more refined. So it's just been proof time and time again that like there is another way to go about this this, uh, path of unlocking our highest purpose that is very counter society, very counterintuitive to what we're taught and is rooted in heart but more importantly than that it takes a lot of courage to walk it it's truly the warrior's path Mm, it is and I was having a a conversation earlier today with with a friend of mine and we were talking about like mm, the things that 
push us into making change. Right. And I feel like there's two types of people. There's the person that's going to like burn the boat. They're like, okay, this isn't working. And I'm going to literally just destroy my entire life or as I know it. Right. Mm -hmm. And chaos. And they'll do it like on a proactive basis. And then there's the people that are like reactive where they literally will not make a change until they're forced to. Right. And it's usually the ones that do it um, proactively that see the biggest like result on the other side of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I played and danced in both of those spaces and Mm -hmm. a lot of times the reactive space is when I'm not clear with my boundaries. I'm not clear with my direction. I'm not clear with, you know, my why. And then inevitably life happens. That's the, the, the coolest and the craziest thing about this path of life is like life is always happening. It's yes. never stagnant. So even, even when someone thinks they have it all figured out and it's like, yo, I got this, I got that. This is going to be solid. Yeah. Life is always in motion. And that's, that's the beauty of it is mm-hmm. we get to either ride the wave or swim against the current. Mm. And the more I'm learning to just let go, great books, surrender experiments, the more I'm learning to just let God, things are just, it's not like it gets easy. <laughs> it doesn't get easier, but it, it, it gets more um, colorful. Yeah, it, it, does, it does not get easier. It, it does in some, in some regard, like I think the, um, I don't know, for me, I feel like it's like the attachment to things becomes less and less. And that in a way feels more peaceful, but in the process of finding peace, it can feel like chaos. And we kind of need that um, polarity, right? Like we need that polarity of like, oh, this is fucking chaos. Okay. Right. And I created it. Okay. Right. So if I can create chaos, I can create peace. Right. So what does right. that, right. what does that look like for me? And, um, something my business partner, Sandy and I talk about all the time, whenever we're getting stuck in like business things, right. We're getting all up in our mind drama. We just kind of stop and say, well, what would make this easy? And sometimes it's just as simple as asking that question of being like, well, how, how can I just make this easier? Yeah. And then yeah. you do the thing. And, but yeah. a lot of times there's a story around that. There's a story around like making it easier. Oh, I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings or it's not going to work out or whatever. So we take the path of like complicated because we think that easy isn't available to us or we're not worthy of that. Right. Like, are you 100%. worthy of peace? Are you worthy of ease? Are you worthy of abundance? Right. And so I want to talk about worthiness because that's something we were like kind of chatting about before. So, yeah, you know, you have this incredible story, you know, you've been through this cycle of highs and lows and, um, you're in the process of writing a book, which I know is going to change so many lives. So let's talk about like the tools. Okay. Cause you, you talk about the tools a lot, navigating this new like expression through writing your book and this next evolution. What are some of the tools that you've had to use to kind of work through the worthiness around love the worthiness around your, your book and this new evolution of the warrior's path and this leadership for you? Great question. Right now, it's, it's truly all hands on deck. Um, you know, when I say things don't get necessarily easier, 
It's like life's challenges meets us exactly at where our work and our tools are at as well. Like it somehow knows that whatever skill level we're growing to, it's going to give us the adequate resistance to help one continue to walk towards their dharma, at least in my, uh, on my journey. I'm always given exactly what I need. So right now it's all hands on deck, all tools on deck. And worthiness is one of these things that it's like, we, you know, we, we use the word a lot. People use the word a lot loosely, but it is so deep rooted to believe like I am enough. First yeah. and foremost, I'm enough as is. Yes. I am oh. enough. I'm enough as my my birthright, just being here, being human, being alive mm. is means that I'm enough. To get to that point right there, sometimes people never get to that point, but get to, to, to get to that point has been a journey for me because our society does such a good job of telling us that we need to be so many more things. We need to have this, we need to be that, we need to, you know, experience this. And there's all these subconscious things at play. And for a lot of people, especially in this day and age of comparing and contrasting and social media, you know, algorithms, for a lot of people, subconsciously, worthiness is something that is, remains elusive. This belief, this understanding, this knowingness that as is, we are inherently beyond value that we are inherently priceless and so for me one of the reasons why I carved out such a crazy career and this is a super crazy paradox was not because I believed I was worth it it was because I believed I wasn't worth it I believed I had to become perfect mm. I believed that I needed to get an Ivy League degree for me to be seen I believed that I needed to have the perfect body for me to be seen. I believe I couldn't just have one teacher training. I had to have 10 teacher trainings to be seen, or I couldn't just travel to one country, but look at me, let me travel to 50 countries to be seen. And for me, it, it was this extreme of pulling myself out of poverty to, to becoming quote unquote, you know, where I am now, uh, successful, I guess, quote unquote, in society's eyes. A lot of it was built off of me not believing that I was worthy enough. I had to become something more. Where I've landed now, and I'm grateful for that journey, mm -hmm. but where I've landed now, where the work really lies, it's kind of like young Santiago and the alchemist where he has the dream of his treasure and then he has to go on this crazy journey mm -hmm. to realize that the treasure was under the tree that he had the dream on the entire time. I'm now landing in this space where all of the things I thought I needed to become quote unquote more worthy to love myself more to be more successful I've already possessed and so the real work right now is just falling into this space of like be you are enough yes and in that space letting my creativity and my art flow mm -hmm. and when our art flows when our creativity when our words when our when our lives flow from a space of I am enough it it lands different. It has mm -hmm. a different hue and it's sustainable because anything that is us of us, that is authentically from us, that right there is naturally flowing through us. There's no force. There's no resistance. It's when we cake ourselves up with all these things that we're not, 
mm-hmm. quote unquote, to be worthy and to receive some type of external validation, that's when it becomes not sustainable. That's when we, that's when, at least in my, my, on my path, that's when I burnt out the most. Yeah. And so, so, so really right now for me, it's just about remembering who I was before society told me who I was. And from mm-hmm. that space, mm-hmm. like the notion, define yourself in a way that can't, can't be defined and you are free from that space, build everything I'm building because then it's inherently of power, not of, of wounds. Mm. It's like sovereignty. That's what I hear. Like it's regalness, right? It's a knowingness, yeah. it's, it's oneness with God, right? Cause you are that, that thing. And you are the channel, exactly. right? You are the exactly. creator. You are the channel. And I'm curious, like, so as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking like, okay, so where, but where is the line between, you know, being, being un, like being driven by being unworthy, right. Mm-hmm. Or feeling not enough and the being goal driven or goal oriented, like I'm sure there's like a texture to that. Right. So there's on the one side, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to do all this to prove that I am enough, or I'm going to do all this because I want to become more than what exactly. I currently am. And I think the self-help world kind of perpetuates the unworthiness of fix yourself and, you know, whatever we could, that's that we could probably record a whole podcast just on that on and of itself. But anyway, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on that. Absolutely. So, so on the, on, on the flip side of that, what we just talked about, it's when one really starts to know themselves, when one really starts to see themselves when one really starts to honor themselves and respect themselves and do the work, the one's life takes on a different sense of urgency because then one starts to honor the hunches, the ahas, the nudges that flow through our expression as something that's trying to be burst through our very energy, through, our, through the vessel that we are. And that also is extremely motivating. Mm-hmm. Emerson said, there's nothing capricious in nature. The implanting of a desire means that its gratification is in the constitution of the creature that feels it. Essentially saying that there's nothing fickle that flows through us when it comes to dreams. <laughs> yes. And it's not there to tease us. And, our, and the thing that wakes me up in the morning and says, B, this is for you, is not the same thing that wakes you up. Right. It's inherently our own. It's our gift. Yeah. And that right there, when driven by that, that right there is the roadmap. Mm. That's like God's roadmap to like unlocking all that we are. Mm-hmm. The mastery is the discernment between what is true and what is not true what is flowing from worthiness and what is flowing from worthlessness. And that right there is a journey it's a, <laughs> yeah. a, to, to understand the two. Yeah. And I always, you know, I'm a martial artist. Uh, Muay Thai is my, my medium of choice right now, but I'm always fascinated with martial arts. It's like people would ne- nobody would go into a jujitsu jo- dojo and expect to be able to skip from white belt to black belt. It's just not gonna happen. You know that you gotta take years to master the levels to get to that level of black belt. But people get into the self-help space, people go on these transformational journeys 
and they think that they can skip levels without having to learn the skill sets, the internal skill sets that they need to learn to like be a master of oneself. And that's what I say. It's like so many people are pointing fingers outside of themselves. So many people are trying to like fix the entire world. Gandhi said it best, be the change. Yes. It's like right here, like, like folk, all one has to do if they really want to transform some things is focus all inward, allow that to be the training ground, learn who you are, learn what you mean, like literally. (laughs) Yeah. And everything else, everything else begins to start to take care of itself, but it's a journey. And that's the cool thing about it is like the journey truly is the reward. You know, Mm -hmm. if we were to level skip it all, we wouldn't stand in our why the way we stand in our why. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have context the way that we have context. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't know that these tools work and these tools don't work, or this triggers me and this doesn't trigger me, or this is where I feel good and seen and safe and supported. And this is where I don't. It's all part of the journey. Mm. Well, and it's like what you were saying before, going back to who you were before the world told you that you were somebody different, right? And it's coming back to that. So can you think back to maybe a a moment in time or an experience where you kind of had that awareness of like, wait a second, the game is rigged and the real work is, is, is here. Like I, if I, if I'm unhappy with everything that's going on out there, like I'm the common denominator and how do I shift that? Do you, do you have like a a moment in time or a story that like sticks out to you? Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, there's hundreds, but <laughs> there's a couple, there's a couple that are coming up for me. Um, one was when in 2014, when I first started to blow up as a trainer, I was signed to Nike, had my penthouse in Vegas, owned three gyms, 50 trainers plus working for me, 200 plus pairs of Nikes in my living room when Killing I used to not even be able to afford any Nikes. And I was sitting, looking out over the strip Mm -hmm. and also looking towards the hood that I grew up in. And I was just as depressed in that moment as I was when I was in the hood. (laughs) Isn't that funny how that happens? I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) This is crazy. This is, this is, this doesn't make sense. And that all of a sudden kicked off this journey. And I decided like, I want to go to Bali and I want to learn yoga and I want to go deeper and I got into the yoga space and a couple years later I found myself in Bali surrounded by incense rice fields and temples and I'm sitting there and for no reason whatsoever should I feel bad but I I felt depressed Mm. and I started to realize like wherever you go there you are you know it's like if I'm not going to really do the work there's no running from my issues there's no running from my wounds (laughs) I have to like be committed to doing this work Mm. and when that when one is committed to truly being the change when one is truly committed to the that inner work a different type of glow begins to like emanate Mm -hmm. and you can be in the at, at the Michelin three-star whatever Michelin restaurants <laughs> or you could be in the hood and there's still going to be a, a internal sunshine that radiates yes. on the flip side if one does not like themselves there's no running from oneself and it doesn't matter how much money 
how much success, how many people are wrapping you in love. A person won't see that if they're not internally in alignment. Mm. Yeah. I feel this with abundance. Like a lot of people and myself included had this false belief that abundance was a destination, right? When I have a million dollars, I'll be happy or I'll feel safe or worthy or whatever. And it's like, no, abundance is a frequency. And I know people that are millionaires and they are not living from an abundant vibration. And I've, I've seen people with nothing that are so overflowing with an abundance of love and joy and prosperity and peace and happiness. And like the, the real currency, right? The real currency. And it's so wild when you can tap into that and say, okay, like I am not that, like I am not my bank account. I am not my penthouse. I am not my relationship. Like I am whatever frequency I choose to be. And like, to your point, you could be in the most holiest of ashrams in the world and still not be, like truly sovereign to yourself. Right. <laughs> so, right. Right. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, Isn't we talk, wild? it's so crazy once you start to see those things and realize that you have access to it at any time. So I did, um, I want to talk, talking about like safety for a second, because I think mm-hmm. a big part of what you were talking about with worthiness, at least the way I receive it is driven around safety too. Right. So like, if I don't feel safe in my container, right? Especially for women, we'll go into an energy of control and control mm. can turn into overachieve and like a false sense of, of safety and, and whatnot. And I remember um, doing a plant ceremony and feeling fear around safety, right? Of like, am mm. I going to have a terrible experience with this? And in that, in that um, ceremony, the only thing I felt was love and it was the most beautiful experience. Cause I'm like, okay, let's heal all the shit. Like daddy issues, mom issues, money stuff, like whatever. Like we're going to go in and do soul surgery. And the guides were like, no, what you really need is just love. Right. And it was crazy because I remember hearing whoever myself, my higher power saying like, Melissa, like you have access to this anytime. And just that, just that, I'm like, that's the key, right? You have access to whatever frequency of love, safety, abundance, joy, peace, prosperity that you want at any time, regardless of like what's going on out here. And when we tap into that, that's when everything out here changes, right? Everything on the outside starts to change. So to your point, like it doesn't matter if you live in a penthouse in Vegas and have 200 pairs of Nikes, if your frequency isn't in alignment, your outer world will never be what you want it to be because the inner world is out of tune, right? Such a profound, so much, such profound insights right there. (laughs) Seriously. I, um, I, that's why I always say for people, you know, it's like a lot of people say when I get to success or when I get Mm -hmm. to my next level of love, or when I get to that, whatever next step is, I can then become what I'm supposed to become, or I can then embody what I'm supposed to become. Success only amplifies what's already there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like the greatest time to start to embody who it is we say we are, who it is we say we want to become is right now, wherever you're at. 
doesn't matter if your bank account is zero. Doesn't matter if you're going through a breakup. Doesn't matter if the world has told you your whole life that you're not worthy. Right now is the time. And I've just seen, you know, that when people can find that peace where they are, that peace inevitably flows and follows them to wherever they're going. Mm. But if there's no peace in, in, in the now, and somebody thinks that they're going to go on this journey and the peace is going to arrive there, at least in my experience, people usually are disappointed. Yeah, I have and, a... And, and there's just so much power in that, right? Like to, mm. to be able to say like, my peace is right now. My power is right here. My, my, the love that I'm seeking is not one day. It's two days. Mm. Mm. The, 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 the worthiness that I feel that I need to do X, Y, and Z for, I can actually claim that right now. Not saying that it doesn't evolve, not saying there's different levels to it and different hues and different shades, but it really, it like, like, and I just say this to people listening, like become a scientist in, in, of energy, experiment with that experiment, like in the morning time, wake up and say, you know what, today I'm going to just, I'm just going to root in worthiness. I'm going to experiment on what it's like if I just really root in worthiness or self-love or self-care or speaking my truth. Mm. And what, I found is that when a person starts to approach their day from this like scientific lens, mm -hmm. these little breadcrumbs start to be sprinkled around and you're like, whoa, mm -hmm. oh, okay. So if I do show up this way, this door opens up or if I am more kind to myself, my relationship with this person is a little different. It's a journey. <laughs> It is. It's a trip. I have a, a trainer that I used to work with in California and he would say, we don't get ready. We stay ready. Oof. And I loved that because it's like, you know, why wait until you're in the relationship to do the work, right? Do the work now and the relationship will come like step into the thing now and that thing will come. And I think, um, you know, I know something that you're really passionate about talking about is this concept of leadership, right? and the warrior's path. And you have your warrior retreats coming up, which we're going to talk about. I'm so excited for that for you. Cause I know it's been a, you know, it's been a little bit delayed and in, in when you would have wanted to, to have it because of everything that happened last year. But at what point do you know that you are a leader or that you are a warrior? Like, how do you know that? Do you just claim it? Or is there a rite of passage? Is there initiation? And maybe if you could share so how do you know? And then for you, what was that moment where you know, like, I'm a, I'm a fucking leader, I'm a warrior. Like, when did you know? Respect, respect. <laughs> Great question. I believe we're all superheroes and supervillains. Oh, yes. <laughs> all of us, every person. That's an Instagram quote right there. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. And it's what we choose to do with our powers that dictates whether we're leading for good or leading for something that is not of good. Mm. Superheroes use their powers to uplevel others. And in the process, they uplevel themselves. Supervillains use their powers for selfish gains and oftentimes leave other people feeling de-amplified. And so as a leader, 
or I'll backtrack on that. I believe we are all every day given the opportunity to step into either our super hero suit or our super villain suit. Mm -hmm. Every day we're either feeding that good wolf or we're feeding that bad wolf. Yes. And bad is subjective. That's a whole nother concept. I know my intellect the intellectuals out there can go, what is bad? Y'all yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um and I think there's levels to leadership. Again, if we take it to indigenous times, you didn't just become the chief of a tribe. You had to learn the lessons of what it meant to be just in communion with maybe a couple people. And then you had to learn how to go out into the woods and hunt. You had to learn certain things that were of value to your tribe. And then eventually after years and years and years, you become a chief. You become a, a bigger leader, a more impactful leader, uh, a leader with more reach. I feel like all of us are on this path of leadership. And I feel like each and every one of us is going is being equipped exact with exactly what we need to be equipped with to step into the power that we're supposed to step into and there's no level skips again it takes time to be able to really cultivate one's skills to be able to lead people can read all the books they want i had this dude in college curtis had all the books he read everything on leadership and 10 years later there was no change. Mm. You know what I mean? Like nothing shifted. He could recite John Maxwell's books front to back. He could tell you everything about Awaken the Giant Within and Think and Grow Rich and Who Moved My Cheese and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But he wasn't embodying the leadership. He wasn't mm. embodying the tools. He wasn't embodying the teachings and therefore nothing shifted. So leadership is about action. Leadership is about embodiment. Leadership is about walking the path. Leadership is about being okay to fail. Failure being probably the most important aspect of being a leader is being okay with failing because it's only in the failure that we the lessons become integrated. It's only in the failure that like we are, are then battle tested. You know what I mean? How is somebody supposed to like know how to fight a lion no offense to my vegans out there. This is just a metaphor. If they've never went out to the into the savannah to fight a lion, mm -hmm. and I was with the Maasai Mar people back in 2009, the last lion hunters, you have to, like, this dude Sebi I was talking to, he had a big old claw mark across his head because he, his, battle, his tactics of going out and to fight the lion were not seasoned, and he made a mistake, and he almost lost his life. Mm -hmm. And now, he's the, now he is next in line to be the chief of the tribe you know so i think for i think just foundationally we are all leaders being a leader is an emanation of our the choices that we make every day are we choosing to serve or are we choosing to be self selfish mm -hmm. and leadership then takes time and the only way to truly unlock whatever unique leadership skills abilities platform that is in each one of us is to go on the journey and oftentimes what that looks like when it finally blossoms is going to be completely different than one thought it would look like when they first started. Like giving up a six figure contract to move to Tulum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Right? laughs> exactly. 
And so at what point did you realize that you were on this path that you actually had a role as a leader and then started embodying that? Yeah, yeah. I think the moment I, I, I really stepped forward into my growth when I was 18 years old mm-hmm. and I decided that I was going to get out of the hood and I decided that I was going to make some changes. Mm-hmm. And it was a lonely road for a long time. A lot of friends that I grew up with fell off. Mm-hmm. A lot of tests were presented to me that could have made me quit. Mm-hmm. But I stayed with it. And then what happened is, is when people really, people, people see the authenticity of, of your walk when you're really about it. And so little by little, layer by layer, the people that weren't for me started falling away. And I started attracting more mentors and more friends and more people that were in alignment. I also attracted the supervillains I needed to help me grow into even a more powerful version of myself. Mm-hmm. So I earned the betrayals. I earned the failures. I earned the the things that I needed to continue to grow on the path. So 18 was when the leadership really started. And then I think like the last year and a half is when I'm like stepping into chiefhood. Yeah. Like I'm a young chief, not an old chief, but like <laughs> I think the last year and a half is when it's really become like starting to become integrated in, in my, in my walk and in my message. Right. And it's like, you said, you can't skip those levels, right? There's no way if all of this code was downloaded into you at 18 years old, your brain would probably explode. <laughs> right? Boom. <Gosh. laughs> you, just can't, right? you can't handle it all. And you said something um, that I really want people to, to anchor into because we get caught up in the victim story of why we can't do something or the people that have wronged us. Right. And you said the supervillains that you needed came into your life. And, you know, you watch any hero's story, the hero doesn't step into his purpose or her purpose without a villain. It's the villain's role. So like in theory, like the villain and Yoda are kind of like the same, like Darth Vader and Yoda could (laughs) arguably be the same person, (laughs) right? Yeah. And so I think a lot of times, you know, we go through these experiences of um, disappointment or heartbreak or abandonment or backstabbing or whatever expectation hangovers is my friend Christine likes to say, and we, we judge these people as they wronged me. And we hold on to that as the reason why we can't, but in fact, it's the reason why we can, Mm, but we just have to choose that. Right. Like, so then I love what you said, like you can either be the the superhero or the supervillain and you get to choose every single day. Like, which one do you want to be in your own story? Right. And I know for me, like it took a long time to realize like some of the people that hurt me the most gave me the greatest gift of choice. Yeah. Right. And I was talking about this with um, James Silvas, our, our mutual friend. James. And we were talking about this like idea of choice. Right. And this kind of goes back to what we were saying before about choosing love or choosing abundance or like tapping into that frequency and even the embodiment piece. Right. Or the worthiness piece is like once you realize that you have a choice, it is the most freeing and also the most challenging, like terrifying experience because you're like, okay, if I have a choice, then everything I have in my life is because of a choice I've made. So you have some 
real long conversations to have with yourself around the choices you've made, but it also lets you know that you can choose something differently, right? It totally, it's like wild when you think about it. You're like, oh damn, I chose all of this. Okay, <laughs> now what do I exactly. do? Exactly. <laughs> and, and that moment is also, you know, there's a, there's a liberation that comes from that realization yeah, because yeah, yeah. if our whole entire worlds are emanations of our energy mm-hmm. and our choices, we essentially are saying that we have godlike abilities for creating <laughs> our reality. Yeah. And then why would somebody not invest the world into themselves mm. since their reality is flowing through them? I think it's precisely at that moment when it's like, okay, like I, I am worthy enough to invest it. What do I need to really help me harness myself and get out of my own way? since I'm creating this? Do I need life coaches? Do I need therapists? Do I need to invest in this course? Do I need to invest in myself, trainer, nutritionist, whatever that may be? And And I notice a lot of people when they finally fall into that realization, all of a sudden things start to change quickly Yeah, because they're in control. And, and even, and, and all of those things are needed, right? That investment, but sometimes even before that, it's the investment in boundaries. It's the investment in the no, it's an investment in the yes of like, like you were saying when you were 18 and you started to walk a different path and people started falling away. I'm sure a lot of that had to do with your frequency and your choice and the boundaries that you were putting in place and who you were spending time with. And those things, like you always say, the tools are free. The best tools are free. And part of that is like knowing what environment you're putting yourself in. Cause I, I know um, a mentor of mine always says this to me, like your environment is stronger than your will. Right. And that can work for you and that can work against you. And so, yes, you want to put yourself in an environment of people that are going to pour into you. They're going to hold you accountable, the coaches, the teachers, the leaders. And also like, it's the people that um, are around you in your circle, the things that you're listening to, the music, the books, like all that stuff. And that's free. Right. And I think people to our earlier point, wait to make the changes until they have the money to do so, or they think, well, I can't, I can't do what I need to do because I have to hire the coach, but the most profound tools that that coach is going to teach you are free. <laughs> right. It's, it's already there. I know. I always, uh, one of my spiritual mentors is Frederick Douglass and Frederick Douglass wrote the book, the narrative of a slave. Mm-hmm. And he was basically, he wasn't basically, he was born as a, a slave and he didn't know how to read. And back in the 1800s, a lot of the slave laws were oriented around keeping people ignorant. So books were outlawed yeah. and the slave master's wife took a liking to him and taught him the alphabet. And he started to read. He would sneak newspaper clippings <laughs> and slowly but surely started to educate himself it, I think it was said it took him like 10 years to read through the dictionary, but he did it. And mm-hmm. in that space, he was able to start to think abstractly. Mm-hmm. He then picked up a skill, picked up a trade, became indispensable to his slave masters, bought, negotiated his freedom, became one of the leading activists for African-American rights. And I believe don't quote me on this, but I believe that he was the first black man ever to sit in the White House and actually talk with 
then Abraham Lincoln about the freedom of black people. I, I say this because a lot of people think that they need to quote unquote, have all the resources to plant the seed to make a shift. And I always think, well, if Frederick Douglass in the 1800s with a word right. could evolve himself to the point where he's sitting at the White House talking about mm -hmm. freedom, rights from an intellectual space, anybody can do it now. Yeah, true. It doesn't take. I think, right, like there's a vast difference between resources and resourcefulness. And exactly. Like I would choose resourcefulness over resources any day because like resources will come and go. Like yep. you can have all the money in the world and you can lose it. But if you don't know how to be resourceful with your mind, with your energy, with the tools, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. Right. So I love that. So I want to talk um, about warrior retreats because this is something that is so dope and so needed. And I know that you um, walk your talk, you walk your path. You're so rooted in this process of helping like leaders step into their warriorhood. So can you talk a little bit more about, um, what makes warrior retreat so special and who it's for? Yeah. So a little backstory, you know, when I was 27 years old, I met my father for the first time mm -hmm. and it was this crazy story where my little sister reached out to me. She found me on Facebook. And at the same time, one of my college professors, big brother was my dad's best friend. And at 27 years old, I meet my father for the first time. And I, I find out he's living in the Amazon jungle as an infectious disease researcher since 2004. So 2012, after I graduated from Penn, I decided to go down there and spend time with him. And he took me into the jungles. He took me into the hospitals. He took me into the people and taught me how Peru works. And it was there that a lot of my growth and my transformation began to just become catalyzed. 2016 came around. And at that point, I started stepping into like higher levels of my leadership. And all these people were like talking about plant medicine and transformation and growth. And I'm like, I know the medicine makers that have been passed down through lineages. And I'm over here listening to this guy named Starfire Sol Solar Flare serving his medicine in Malibu. And I'm like, this is, this is cool and all, but this is not truth. And I want to open up the doorways for people to step into something that is of real, real deep lineage. I'm a firm believer to get what you never had. You got to do what you've never done. And so in 2016, I invited three friends. And next thing you know, I had 20 people down in Peru with me and Warrior Retreats was born. And it was seven days initially, but it grew to 14 days. At first, it only took place in the mountains, in Cusco, Sacred Valley, in Aguas Caliente. But the jungles were such a big part of it that I decided to open up the jungles. So it went from a seven-day retreat to a nine-day retreat to a 14 to 15 day retreat. And the whole entire experience is about stepping into, stepping out of something that you've always known to step into something that is beyond what you've known. And I've asked, I asked myself like, if I could create a gathering that checked all the boxes and the things that I love, what would that look like? Mm -hmm. High level conversations, adventure, healing, hiking, food, working with indigenous cult rites of passage, working with indigenous medicines, giving back, 
going to the hospitals. And that's what Warrior has become. You know, since 2016, over 100 people have gone on the journey. We start in the Amazon jungle. We end in the Andes Mountains. And it is unlike anything that I could have ever imagined. It's beyond me. You know, I, I think I'm just a humble, I'm just a, I'm just a vessel that it gets to flow through. I feel honored to be able to like continue to do these and to be on our sixth one and to now have some of the most prolific leaders in the world coming down into this space to let go who heals the healers to be able to hold that frequency and hold that space for leaders. It's incredible. And, um, the impact that the people that are, have gone down there, it's really cool to see. Like, I remember last time I was down there, I was sitting there in the lodge in ceremony. And I was like, this room right here is going to affect millions of people. Mm. And that's what's happening. Like millions of people are being impacted because these leaders chose to step into something new. And for that, I can just, you know, my gratitude just overflows for Peru. I think what Peru does too, is it just gives people perspective. So many leaders that I know oftentimes, if not careful, are trapped in their ivory towers and they lose touch with the people. They lose touch with the ground. There's something really powerful when you go into a space and place where nobody gives a fuck about your Instagram. Nobody cares about your story. Nobody cares who you are. You don't even speak the language of these people. It's truly the purest form of giving, Jay-Z said, is anonymous to anonymous. And when you're down there and you're connecting like that, you're like, wow, completely poor, completely rooted in poverty. And they're smiling and they're grateful. So it's these little things that just shift everything. And one of the reasons why I continue to do Warrior. So just as much as it transforms other people, it, it transforms me every time I do it. Mm. That's so beautiful. And again, it's a testament to you embodying the worthiness of a warrior and a leader. And then you then go and pass that on and create a container for others to step into. Yeah, that. yeah. So it's a testament to you and the work that you've done and the path that you've walked for sure. So if people want to apply, because it is application only, where can they do that? Warriorretreats.com. Amazing. Yeah, everything is is up there. And if anybody has any questions, you know, they can just reach out. We are filling up quick. And it is, it's always like that. <laughs> I trust that the universe brings on exactly who's supposed to be brought on. Always. I don't put, I don't push it too hard. It's, it's out of my hands. To. You don't need to push yeah. anything, right? It just as it is what it is. So exactly. Where can people if they want to connect more with you and your magic? What's the best way for them to do that? Currently, there's a few different ways, but as far as like daily connection, Instagram, I try to like use that as responsibly as possible. <laughs> so at Brandon Collinsworth, um, and then do you mind? I have lectures twice a week on yeah. do you mind the first ever social emotional app, and then also Nike training club. I have my yoga classes on there as well. So those are kind of the three mediums that one can plug in at the moment. I love it. And we didn't even talk about mind, but that app is so powerful. Like the teachings and the resources that are all free of some high level leaders. It's so powerful. So I love that. Okay. So last question you, and I, I really, I just want to invite you into full permission on this one because sometimes people have a hard time with this question I don't think you will um but I always like to just say that so what are you celebrating right now I'm celebrating myself truly truly 
that's like all the work of my therapy and like my coaches, my, my team right now was like, B, have you ever really, you know, they're all asking me, have you ever really celebrated yourself? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what I'm doing is just celebrating, celebrating me. I love that. And you're worthy of it. Yeah. Yeah. You are worthy of it. And I, and I, yeah, I think sometimes we get so focused in the impact that we forget to take a step back and look at, you know, when you're like hiking up the mountain and you stop and look back, you're like, Oh damn. <laughs> right. I did right. That. Well, I'm celebrating you. I'm so incredibly grateful for you and your light in this world. And I, I, I share this with some of my friends. I don't know if I've shared this with you, but um, I feel like God speaks to me in the most interesting ways, like through a lyric in a song or a billboard or an Instagram meme and things like that. And there have been so many times where I've been in it, in my own process, and I'll open up Instagram and one of your quotes is there. And I'm like, and it speaks directly to my soul and it gives me exactly what I need. So thank you for your light. Thank you for your medicine. It's healing so many people keep, you know, doing what you do. Um, grateful for you. And you guys, if you love this episode, which I know you will, please share it, tag someone that needs to hear it, follow Brandon, apply for his warrior retreats. And thank you. Thank you, you so much. Appreciate mm-hmm. everything you do, the lights you shine, the medicine you share. You're truly a testament of a leader embodying the work. So keep going. And at the same time, I celebrate you. I received that. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Bye, guys.